Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. It's people like Andrew Tate that influence hundreds of thousands of young boys to act the way they do, to treat girls and women the way they do, and it's not all right. Misogyny and objectification of women has exponentially increased ever since the likes of Sneeko and Tate broadcasted online to thousands of young impressionable kids. I'm a secondary school teacher. I've just gone back to teaching in a mixed set school after two years teaching in a girls' school. The misogyny. A shocking surge in the volume of insidious and outright misogyny that young people are exposed to online. That's what Internet Matters, which is an organisation that offers advice to parents, has recently said. And earlier this year, a report by the European Parliament said the mainstreaming and normalisation of male supremacist misogyny among youth poses a significant and urgent threat to women and girls on social media. I think for me, it's one of those things that happens so much and it's so ingrained that it almost just feels normalised. Before I get into this, you are going to hear the word misogyny come up a lot in the episode. So I thought, let's define what it actually means. So misogyny is the dislike of contemptible or ingrained prejudice towards women. Look, I know this isn't a new issue at all. And misogyny existed way before we were even online. But with the internet and obviously us spending so much time on social media comes a whole new wave of it that we've not experienced before. And when we talk about misogyny and these misogynistic views, there is one name that keeps coming up that's so closely associated with it. That name is Andrew Tate. Now, Tate is a businessman, former professional kickboxer and a self-described misogynist. And right now he's in Romania. That's where he's awaiting pre-trial evaluation of charges against him. And these charges include rape and human trafficking. These are accusations which he's denied. Now, there's been a lot of concern over his influence on young men. And, you know, I hear about him so much, but I think I didn't realise the impact that he had until I found out some of the numbers. So eight in 10 boys aged between 16 and 17 have seen his content. That's according to the charity Hope Not Hate. And they found that teenage boys were more likely to have seen Tate's material than had heard of our Prime Minister Rishi Sunak. Just as a reminder, this is the guy that we're talking about. Women's job always was procreation, to look after the family and to look after the man. That's all that they had to do. So many women say to me, you're so, Andrew, you know what? You're so rich, but you're smart and you're actually very intelligent. And I know you'd get really bored of a, like a robot. And I'm sitting there thinking, bitch, bitch, I wish to God you were a robot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. We talk about stuff. It doesn't matter whether a woman wants to be a lawyer or a webcam girl. Unless she has a man directing her, she's going to fuck it up. The women who go, I'm strong and independent. You're working for a man in a company and you're getting fucked by 10 men a month. You're not independent. That's a lie. Thank you. 
thing is, Andrew Tate is just one person. And I'm sure you know, like, he's not the only person with these views or the only person using social media to have this kind of influence. So what I want to understand is how people like him manage to have such an impact and what do we actually do about it? How can we deal with this culture of online toxic masculinity? I'm Mary Manderfield. This is Noted. So we know there's a problem. And when we're looking for like answers or how this is going to change or how this is going to get better, I feel like we automatically look to women and ask them how it's going to change. And I don't know, I'm not on board with that. It actually involves all of us. So whether you are a victim or you're the one kind of pushing these views, or you might feel like you just sit somewhere in the middle, misogyny has that knock-on effect to everybody. So that's why I think it is really important to get a kind of male perspective on this. Freddie Feltham is a journalist at the news movement and he spent some time exploring the rise of people like Andrew Tate and the bigger impact that people like him have. What I want to find out from Freddie is like, where are we now? We're at this point where anyone can build a platform and with that platform, you can have the eyes and the ears and the attention of impressionable people, vulnerable people, people our age that, I know, sometimes we're easily influenced. Freddie, welcome to Noted. Thank you, Mary. Good to be here. Now, let's just start with you and the kind of reporting that you do at the news movement. I've mentioned kind of working on documentaries about people like Andrew Tate. You talk about, I guess... I guess it's influences and we all have influences coming from different spaces. It's not necessarily following an online influencer, but whether it's the music we hear, the things we read, the conversations we're part of, we are constantly influenced. So without asking you to speak on behalf of absolutely everyone, do you feel like here and now in the UK for young guys, what are those influences? Often, I think for most guys, it's like the rappers, like whoever's the most famous, hip, sickest guy. You look like Central C, for instance. He's so in right now. People probably look to him and go, I want to dress like him. I want to talk like him. And I want people to think I'm cool like him. Mm. So it's not even just like rappers who people younger than us think are cool. I've actually noticed with them that they're really into YouTubers. Like YouTube personalities are essentially the biggest celebrities right now. And you've even got people like uh, Manosphere influencers, like this guy, Sneeko, who's got a massive following with really, really young people. Like people in my head who I'm like, oh, you're actually... You could be my little brother, do you know what like I mean? primary school age. Well, yeah, like about to enter secondary. And they are just, like, they are assimilating all of this. They're just taking it all in. And there's a really, really shocking clip uh, that I saw the other day on Twitter that went completely viral. And I think you need to hear this. Fuck the woman, fuck the woman. What? No, no, no. No, no, wait, wait, wait. We love women. We love women. We love women. But not, not like transgender. Yes, sir. We love everybody. No, no. That is literally somebody realizing in real time that they're actually having an influence because he obviously has like some extreme views online, but probably doesn't link that with kids in front of him actually like regurgitating that back. Well, he. 
he then says that he doesn't believe those things, right? Mm. He says, no, I don't. We love women. Um, I think that's actually so poignant because what, what it hits on is this fact that for older fans, for people our age, they probably look to him saying these comments and they go, it's mm. just edgy humour. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's designed to cause outrage. And maybe there's a kernel of truth in it somewhere. But to the younger fans who don't have as much of a trained ear, they just take it in and they regurgitate it. And even if they don't think it's funny, they might think it's real. And then the question becomes, who is going to take certain actions in their life as a result of these things that they hear? And that's a big concern, right? So we have to touch on on Andrew Tate. And this is somebody who you've kind of looked into. Uh, you've made like documentaries about and you're kind of keeping up to date with what his actions are and what his movements are. Can you tell me like what you have found out about this man by exploring who he is? Yeah, so I mean, we've got to be careful a bit because Andrew Tate is obviously under criminal investigation in Romania. He's awaiting trial. So he's been charged with offences of human trafficking, rape and forming an organised crime group. These are obviously incredibly serious crimes. So not wanting to prejudice the criminal case that's going on, if we talk about Tate in terms of just this, this online figure, this unique in how he kind of gamed the social algorithms, like he was the top of everyone's feed. <laughs> There's something very interesting about Tate, which is that he presents multiple different characters. And our first documentary really wanted to explore this idea was that it's not just Tate the misogynist who many people are really concerned by, but there was this figure called Tate the moneymaker, the kind of sex gods, you know, the kind of philandering, gets loads of women guy. There's Tate also the kind of therapist in some ways who goes, life's going to be hard and it's difficult to be a man. And then there's Tate who also is a bit of a joker and is kind of taking the piss and has a very childish sense of humour. One thing people, when they talk about Andrew Tate, you actually need to be quite precise about which Andrew Tate you're talking about. Mm. Because Andrew Tate says to young men, life's going to be hard. You know, you're going to suffer. In fact, there are certain things that you're going to suffer that, for instance, women don't suffer. That's true. I mean, that, that is that is right. And, and the fact is, is that when he communicates in that way, it's so emotive right it's really hitting you as one of his super fans told me he hits you in your heart and mind properly when he does that he he creates a relationship right and it's not just a relationship of oh i like this guy it's this guy is my teacher he provides me with guidance and he makes me feel seen and and that is incredibly powerful the validation that men and boys are getting is something that I can see people are like seeking and we talk about where are all the good role models and actually at the end of the day people just need to be validated for their own feelings for someone to just come along and say your feelings are valid can work wonders and maybe no one else has actually done that on that kind of scale what is it in you that means you want to explore those kinds of topics I think I feel a sense of responsibility first responsibility in the sense that these issues affect women and the people who speak up most about it are women and usually the people who are doing it are men. So there's a clear disparity there and an issue that we all, and an issue that affects actually everyone really fundamentally, we all need to take on some responsibility and talk about it. And the second part for me is what I'd call accountability. I feel like being able to talk about these things now in a productive way shed some light, hopefully some guidance and learning for me is, is about, you know, being accountable to who I was as a teenager. I don't think I behaved well. I know I didn't, you know, especially with my relationships with girls growing up. I was fortunate to have 
friends who put me, held me to account and that allowed me to grow as an individual. And now I feel like I'm in a position where I can try and use my voice and my work to kind of hopefully provide that guiding light and a bit of assistance to other young men who should know better or maybe don't know better. And yeah, I just feel like it's a massive purpose for me and we need to we need to get a grip on it because it's a huge issue and it affects a lot of people. Yeah. Where do you think we go from here? I think we haven't figured it out quite yet. And I think that's a good thing because constantly as a society, we should be having a discussion involving everybody about what positive anything looks like. Um, and I think that conversation starts with young men and it's guided by older men, but it's also by listening to wider culture and society who deal with men, right? Um, positive masculinity for me is about being guided first and foremost by empathy. It's about being someone who can be relied upon. It's about being someone who will try and protect and look after people around them. And it's about someone who is just there to help others, really. I don't think you can get any more gendered than that. I mean, people talk a lot about what our biological makeup and whether that makes us disposed to certain roles maybe it does maybe it doesn't but we should just be funneling that into how helping each other and lifting each other up it doesn't mean that you know just because your man doesn't make you a leader you know and we all can lead in different ways so i think it's about being less rigid about what it means to be a man and being more open to the concept of actually i can be a better person every day So we've talked about how things are right now. Um, Whether you knew it already or not, it's not great. But I'm glad we spoke to Freddie because I think even him being vulnerable and talking about what he's working on, on a personal level and holding himself accountable, as well as like the journalism that he's doing is really important. But I keep thinking, where do we actually go from here? Not just as individuals, but on like a bigger scale. Who are the groups or the organisations that are kind of working in this space? I'm actually going to talk to a really amazing charity about what they're doing to make a change. That's after this. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Toxic masculinity. Where do we actually go from here? Well, with me now is Dan Guinness. So Dan is Managing Director from Beyond Equality. They're an organisation who make it their mission to challenge some of those ideas about what being a man actually looks like. So they work with young men in schools and universities and they do this all across the UK. Dan, welcome to Noted and thank you for chatting to me today. Thank you very much for having me here. Um, so Dan, firstly, can you tell me what Beyond Equality are doing to tackle misogyny? We do all sorts of different things, but like the absolute core of what we do is opening up those spaces for the discussion. There's times where it's really important to have like mixed gender conversations and have people of all genders share their experiences. But 
What we know is that there's lots of reasons why having groups of boys together and actually giving them a chance to explore these issues, apart from women and girls, apart from non-binary people, can be super valuable for them and the conversation. And like a big part of that is actually there's like this massive gap in experience. As men, we move through the world and we get treated as men, which means we don't often see those little comments, those big comments. We don't see the harassment that can be happening. You need to bridge that knowledge gap to start with. There's a lot of work that has to happen for the boys themselves and the young men for themselves. Like they've got issues. They're going through really difficult things in their lives. And it's super valuable for them to have that space to actually say, hey, this is what it's like for me growing up in my community as a man. Like I get a different set of expectations from my sister or my friends. And I also want that space to talk about those. What are some of the things that are coming up in conversations when you're reflecting on or exploring what boyhood is or what manhood is? What comes up a lot is this idea that boys have to prove themselves to be seen as a man, to be seen as like having boyhood, to see as being having manhood. You know, and you see this in lots of comments, things like man up, you know, that's explicitly saying to boys and men, hey, there's a way of doing this. Shut down your emotions. If you don't do that, you're not even a man. And we see that uh, in other situations, like men will be said, like, don't be a, and, you know, all sorts of words get put in there, mainly homophobic words or sexist words. But the idea is, if you do these actions or if you do that activity or if you like that thing or if you dress in this way, you're not a real man. So I think a lot of that is about this pressure to fit in and pressure to perform. And then that pressure relates to stuff like, sex and sexuality, you know, be straight, be the guy who's getting lots of numbers, you know. It can be around violence and being tough, expressing yourself there. There can be a pressure on a lot of men and boys to get money, you know, and be the person who's providing. And in that whole world, trying to figure out who they are, you know, their own individual self and with all the other identities that they have. So that's the pressure, that's the conversation that comes up for them. When it comes to our government here in the UK, they've actually labelled violence against women and girls as a national threat. They've committed to a range of actions to protect women and girls against harm in strategies focused on tackling violence and domestic abuse. Um, The government has also introduced measures through legislation such as the Domestic Abuse Act in 2021. Do you feel like the government is doing enough to tackle these issues and these conversations that you see through your work? I thoroughly support all of these moves to actually prioritise like addressing violence against women and girls. I mean, as someone who's, who works with experts and, you know, has like a niche expertise in this conversation, I mean, I can always see more that could be done, right? Um, there's definitely more funds that could be committed and put in different places, you know, less on the punishment side of things, more on the prevention side of things, more on the support for survivors, lots of things like this. But I, I would say... We're in a better place now than we were 10 years ago in terms of um, politicians supporting this issue. Um, And I say that with like, you know, the alarm bells going in the back of my head about, well, we also know that there's a big backlash happening in certain parts of parliament at the moment, trying to pull back these things, trying to like um, push like a more conservative, patriarchal vision of, of what society should look like. I'm certainly not like a policy expert, but we're in a better place than we used to be and there's certainly more things we can do. I, I also feel that 
there's a lot that doesn't need to come from government and should be supported by government you know, rather than led by government. I think it's really up to us as, as members of the society and also up to the leaders in these in organizations who actually um, are experts in this to be pushing those things forward and getting momentum behind those things. So then we've got a really strong case to go to government and say, hey, this is where you should put your pounds. Okay, so we just need members of our society to kind of be a bit more active in reducing violence towards women and girls and bringing these conversations, I guess, about boyhood and manhood to light. So how do you think an individual, regardless of their gender, can contribute to a positive change? I think each individual should start with their own reflections about their relationships and, you know, maybe how other people experience them and then try to open up those spaces for other people to have that exploration, right? To draw people in, not with judgment, but call people in to have that discussion of like, well, when we do these sorts of things, when these behaviors happen, or when we, we say these things, we talk about people in that way, what's the consequence? Have that conversation, do that reflection, be open, be explorative. And what happens if we don't take action now? Without action, things are going to stagnate exactly where they are at the moment, which is we've got an epidemic of violence in people's homes and of violence against women and girls and gender-based violence. And we've got generations of people who haven't been given the skills and the tools to actually build really healthy relationships in all the ways and all the circumstances that they find those relationships in their lives. So to me, it's clear talking to Dan and Freddie that this kind of conversation that we're having was really needed. And I want to thank you as well for kind of being part of this and, and listening in. I think we've learned that there's a lot of those problematic beliefs around the outdated idea of what being a man is. And some of the influences that we've talked about, they are just pushing this and making it a lot worse. What Dan said towards the end, I think has really kind of stuck with me, that we need to reflect inwards on ourselves. We need to keep talking. And those conversations are something that allows us to, to get better and to just keep, keep changing. Now, this is a topic that we all are going to relate to in different ways. And I would really love to hear your thoughts on it. You can drop me a message on WhatsApp. We've left the number in the show notes. Also, don't forget to follow. We'll keep you posted when the next episode is out so you'll be the first to know. I'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Noted. This is a podcast by The News Movement, produced by Persephonica. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 